Welcome to Outlander with Friends podcast, where we talk about our favorite Outlander episodes, favorite whiskeys, and all the other bits that nobody wants to talk about. This podcast is not for the faint of heart, so if you've read about it or watched it, we're going to talk about it. Clutch your pearls and pour a dram. It's time for Outlander with Friends. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Hello. Let's see if I can get this. Here we are again. Oh, Oh. you broke the cork. (laughs) Oh, that's disappointing. Fired. Are you kidding? Oh, I am fired. How did you break the cork inside the bottle? Apparently, I have Hulk hands. I don't know. I mean, wow. The 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 whole concept of the show is blown now. I mean, we might as well not even record till the next day. Meg doesn't. Bye. Have- <laughs> I'm going to go cry now. Hello and goodbye. <laughs> well, mine didn't even make one, so. I'm going to send a picture of this to my husband. And then tell him to bring you a wine opener, a wine bottle opener. Ooh. Not. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> Did she pull it so hard that she fucking knocked her camera off? <laughs> oh, your screen just blacked out. <laughs> as soon as you pulled the lid, the thing just blacked out. This is such a weird start to a show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> What's the third thing that's going to happen? I don't know. I'm probably going to break my glass. <laughs> But do you understand what bottle this is? What bottle is it? Freaking Calumet 16. <gasps> Why did you do that? I didn't I... do anything. I pulled on it and it broke. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I'm pissed. Well, welcome back, Terry. <laughs> what are you drinking? Thank you. I am drinking a barrel pick from a... Wait, is this a bear? No, this isn't a store pick. This is a 120 proof single barrel reserve nine year Knob Creek. Mmm, that's good. Ooh. And I just opened the bottle for the first time. I went with this because episode 405, they're in Woolham's Creek when they find Myrta. And then in 406, it's the whole thing with the creek with the fishing and Willie and Jamie going out in the wilderness together. So. Can you hold the phone for a second? You know what I'm going to go do? My husband sure. is putting the kids down for bed, and he pulled the um, Weller, special, uh, 107. Ooh. I'm going to sneak in there, and I'm going to give him my broken Calumet and take his Weller 107. <laughs> so that's what back. she's drinking tonight. I am having Axe in the Oak, Colorado Mountain Bourbon Whiskey. Axe in the Oak? Yeah. I love it. So I had this, I've tasted it before, but I don't know that I've tasted it because it was a blind tasting. And the guy that did the blind tasting, he doesn't drink. So what he did was he labeled all of these. So you can see like there's a tape here with the number on it. Mm -hmm. And then he gave us all the bottles and told us to take them home and try them. And then he gave us a paper to fill out. And then he forgot to put the actual label on the samples. So like, we had no idea which one we liked. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I, hope I may that or may. You're about to really like that. <laughs> yeah. So I know there was one that I absolutely hated, and I'm hoping that this one isn't it because he gave me all of the open bottles afterwards. So, did you get the Wellers or did you get a wine opener? I got the wine opener. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna try this. Mm. Um, it's. Whoa. Let's see. 
it's 92 proof, so it's it's a pretty mild bourbon whiskey Whoa, here. So this Knob see. Creek is hot, baby. Coming mm, in hot. I love Knob Creek. Wow. What's the proof? 120. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. Ooh, this is good. It's got a real sweet taste to it. But man, oh man, Ooh. it drinks like it's Same. more than 92 proof. My goodness. Dude, look at this. It cracked. Oh, that is a dry oh. cork, honey. I know. So that tells you kept me that, that bottle too long. You should have killed it sooner. I was going to say that. And was it sealed really good? Because there's like no moisture in it at all. I have no idea. Well, you're about to find out. I'm drinking yeah. the whole bottle tonight. Y'all staying up with me? <laughs> uh, I'll join you. I think I can probably Party finish time. this off. This looks like it's probably. Cheers, bitches. Yeah, there's not much left. I can do it. Hump day. Oh, that you can. Yeah, that's can a bottle kill that. right there. This, however, me. is not a bottle kill. Do it, girl. No, it's not. Chug it. And my freshly so, opened Knob Creek is not going to be a bottle kill tonight. I will tell you. It will if you try. Right now. <laughs> uh, no, I'll be dead if I try. I guess I'll tell you a little bit about what I'm drinking. Tell us about it. Ivy, yes. have you had this Calumet 16? No, I have not. I have a bottle. I have a lot of bottles Dude. I haven't opened yet. I, so I got it, I think, for Christmas. My husband got it for me for a Christmas present. It's 106 proof. <laughs> if you want a good bottle to kind of sit up there mm-hmm. and just sip on That's it. at times, it's one of them. It's so good. Mm. Yeah, I'm awesome. going to highly to, recommend. I did break open two of my boxes because I was actually looking for a bottle, but I told you my husband's naming system has failed him because he's all like, all of the collector bottles that you have are in boxes one through seven. Opened up every single one. Not a single one was in there. So there's 23 boxes out there. Whoops. And I'm like, <laughs> did you not even write down like what was in each box? And he's like, no, it's all in my head. Well, your head has definitely like <laughs> malfunctioned because none of the stuff that you said was in those boxes were in those boxes. That was sucks. he in cahoots with the guy who did the blind tasting? Probably. I forgot to label which bottle had I which think number. Weirdos, like, <laughs> I mean, one hundred percent. At least the guy doesn't drink, so he doesn't know better. But my husband, come on, he knows better. Jeez, Louise! If you want something done right, have a woman do it. Got to do it yourself. <laughs> I'm I'm so mad right now, uh, but it tastes like cotton candy. Ooh, it's what? so good. Yes, Calumet sixteen. Yes. She said it tastes just like candy. Like what kind of expression? Or it's a straight bourbon whiskey. Really, just that's on the shelf. It's not a barrel pick or anything. Mm -mm. Wow! All right, I'll have to look for that. I got a bottle of Whistle Pig Ten Year this weekend for my birthday. Nice, Mm -hmm. perfect. It was the rye, and it was so good. I was going to drink that, but I'm like, "Mm, we've already done that one twice. So let me dig in the back here and see what I can find. But yeah, Axe and Oak, obviously, because we're out in the the wilderness now. And Mm -hmm. it was one of the ones I hadn't tried yet, even though the bottle's almost gone. (laughs) I did not drink it. That doesn't compute. (laughs) That math does not work. That wasn't me. That was Shamika. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Like, you need to talk to Drunk Eyes about that. This Knob Creek is so good. It is. We better get to talking about this or I'm not going to be in any kind of shape to talk about anything much <laughs> well, that's the excuse <laughs> so you can kill the bottle is that what you're saying 
that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I won't need to, this is 120 proof. I will not need to kill the bottle to be incoherent. That bottle will kill you if you mess around and finish drinking it. Let's mess around and find mm, out. Not to fuck around and find out. So yeah, let's get into it. Um, This is your, this is. I know. One of the very first things in the very first scene is the freaking return of the rabbit. I didn't even remember that until I turned this episode on. I'm like, yeah, more bunnies. I'm here for it. (laughs) I love bunnies. (laughs) But beyond that, I loved. uh, Yeah. I forgot how jam-packed these two episodes were. There's so much happening. And then I got, like, to jump ahead right off the bat, I got disappointed right away because there was just a teeny bit of Roger and Brianna which surprises me that I was disappointed about that because, I mean, don't tell anybody, but usually I'm just like, eh, Roger and Brianna, we don't need to go down that road and whatever. But just the fact that he chased her down to Miss Baird's B&B in uh, so-called Inverness or whatever. So-called. <laughs> well, it's Fife. Allegedly. It's not Inverness. and. <laughs> allegedly it's Inverness. I've been, I get such a jazz, oh, such a thrill when I see locations, filming locations that I've had the pleasure to visit. Jazz hands. Jazz jazz hands. Yes. I wanted more of that. I want like now I'm going to have to watch the very next episode to be off topic, but I want to see Brianna's trip and all of that. So many little moments though that you forget where they are in the order of things like Jamie telling Claire about his dream that he had about Brianna's birthmark behind her ear. Can I say Uh, something about that real quick? Yeah, sure. I know that somebody's going to correct my behavior. So I'm just going to say what I I say and then I'll I'll suffer the consequences (laughs) later. Okay. So Claire can travel and so can Brie, but how was Claire able to travel in the first place? Because it stands to reason that at least one of her parents was a traveler, right? Because that's the case for Brie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess it doesn't make any sense to me. And the reason why I say that is because Jamie has been able to tell her things that he would not know, like the electricity and the birthmark. And when they were in Jamaica and he knew what Brianna's voice sounded like when that lady that was sipping the blood tea was like having her oh, moment. Oh, that's right. And like later on, Brie talks about a dream mm-hmm. that she had. And she could see her dad and they were talking and it was saying this, she was saying the same words that we heard that one chick saying. So like, is Jamie, Mm -hmm. like, is that, does he got some shit that we don't know about? That's so weird. It's weird. Diana's never really, (laughs) yeah, she's never really explained that. Well, Jamie's sister, Jenny does have. Yeah. She saw Claire at the wedding. Clairvoyancy. Yeah, Exactly. I mean, right. there is something unrelated, but it's completely different from time travel. It's- well, it is time travel if you think about it, because he's like leaving his body, like his spirit or whatever. Is- and seeing other things. Yeah, That's true. That, That's you know what I'm true, saying? Right. Like, even when he saw Claire for the first time at Mrs. Baird's when she was with Frank and Frank ran into him, he has moved in time without actually physically leaving. So I'm just curious as maybe if he got a running start. I know he tried before, he kind of just touched it, but maybe if he got a running start with <laughs> <laughs> them rocks. T- All right, I have a question. Smack. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for the y'all since you've read the book. Oh, yes. 
All right. So Jamie having the dream about the birthmark. How did that go down in the book? Pretty, Pretty much, much the same way. way. Same way? Yeah. He okay. just described to her that he had a dream. I was just wondering how it went down in the book because did it go into more detail? Like what did it do? Because Ivy, I had the same question you did. I said, does he have some sort of power too that we're trying to piece together? Yeah, because I think like season eight is going to reveal some shit that Diana didn't want to tell us. Okay. Maybe he's got some kind of astral projection or something. I don't know. I don't really know what to call it, but. That yeah. sounded legit. Yeah. That astro projection that sounded like it <laughs> was a very. It. I'm buying yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Matter of fact, I'm getting a shirt. <laughs> I have send, astral I'll projection. I'll send that to Diana so that she knows and to use it. All we know is that point. she can be talking about the astro loom <laughs> or who knows, but this shit fits. <laughs> <laughs> Astro projection. The like, no, no, no. Use it. Lord John is in the next episode. I. <laughs> My bad. If it fits, you must have quit. <laughs> Astro loom. <laughs> There's your next slogan. Damn it, Terry! What the Correct. fuck? <laughs> and y'all, we haven't even been pre-gaming. <laughs> Well, I kind of have. That's a lie. How do you know I haven't? <laughs> so anyways, back to Bree and Roger. I really hate how Bree did him in this episode, even though it was like very small moment during this episode. But like the thing that I don't understand is why she didn't just tell him. He could have given her other options besides going back and telling them like, hey, we'll we'll try to figure this thing out. And I get there's other nuances in the book and on the show that I'm not going to talk about. But the fact of the matter is she took a chance by giving this woman a fucking letter and saying, hey, hold on to it for a year. This guy that you don't know is going to come by here looking for me. You think Roger was going to wait a year? Like, are you serious? <laughs> and then on top of that, what if the bitch had died? Or like she lost the letter. That's my what if, by the way. She took a chance thinking that Roger was going to get this information from her. What if she did that? She went through the stones, went back in time, warned her parents, and was like, all right, I'm cool now. I'm going to go back. And then Roger's like married with kids and shit because he never got the letter. What would you have done then? Would you jump back through the stone? Don't follow me. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's why I don't think she really <laughs> cared for him, even though her letter's like, I care about... No, you didn't care about him because you bounced. You went to a whole other century. Like, that's a different kind of ghosting. Ooh. I mean, I thought she did do it. That was pretty harsh, the way that she said, but I really did care about you. Wait a minute. Whoa. That was like. But you're not supposed to get this let, letter for let another down. freaking year. Like what? How you want me to, how are you trying to convince me that you love me or you care for me? And I wasn't even supposed to get this letter for a fucking year. So I'm just supposed to think that you disappeared. Like, you know, she's in Scotland visiting her mother. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> I thought it was a lot more along the lines of one of those, it's not you, it's me letters. Cause oh, she like, didn't tell him that she loved him. She's like, I really did care about you. Oh, thanks. But wow. That's disappointing. <laughs> she totally friend zoned him and said, yeah. 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 That's exactly it. The funny thing is, is like every person Roger talked to was like, man, fuck her. 
Miss <laughs> that lady at Miss Blair's like, you need to get you a Scottish woman. The next guy he talks to, you need to get yourself a new lass or some shit. And I'm like, damn, they didn't even give a fuck about his feelings. I know. <laughs> He's like, this is my girlfriend. <laughs> that was pretty funny, actually. Get yourself a nice Scottish lass. <laughs> I'm like, damn, he just said it was his girlfriend. I really need to work on my accent. It's terrible. Keep it up, man. Keep it up. <laughs> It'll come around. Or drink more. I mean, drink some scotch. <laughs> it might work out. <laughs> Is that the secret? Yes. I mean, obviously, I've got a Kentucky twang. More you know? little moments <laughs> from this episode. This is the episode with the pie lady. Oh, yeah. This lady, the silversmith's wife, is all of us. Oh, my oh would you gosh. like to come in and wait for him? He'll be back I would have been like, days. yeah, he's home. He's in the I've back. got some pie. I would have been, I would have been like, hell yeah. It wasn't just pie. I mean, how did she put it? She put it a certain way. I don't remember, but. I don't know, but I would have been like, yes, he's home. He's actually in the back bedroom. You can find him there. And as soon as he walked in, I bolt the door. (laughs) Bolt the door. Party pie. Party pie. (laughs) Some hearty pie. Sounds like a vagina to me. (laughs) Oh, that was totally the subtext. That was a hundred percent the subtext. I'll wager your wife's a, gr- a good cook. Oh, I very honey. good. Oh, honey. <laughs> Look at you, you little hussy. I will tell you, though, if Sam slash Jamie came to my door asking if I could weld some shit, I'm going to open the door with that fucking mask on and a blowtorch. Like, yes, as a matter of fact, I can. <laughs> what do you need? You need it right here. Here's a mask, too. You can come in for some pie. <laughs> He's like, where the fuck did you get that? I'm like, oh, I have some welding tools in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you think you need, I got it. (laughs) But also, like, as we're moving past or before the pie lady, because I can't really remember when Jamie Mm -hmm. and Ian are trying to get people to come to Fraser's Ridge. And they're all like, basically, I'm not going. When Jamie's like, there's something wrong with this. How are all these people saying no? But when Jamie looks at this guy, I think his name was Brian, mm-hmm. he immediately reminded mm-hmm. me of Military Life 101. If you're in a place and you're like wearing civilian clothes, right? You automatically look for the stance. You listen for the vernacular. People that have been in the military have a certain look about them. And I think it's easier for us to identify mm-hmm. because we're so used to seeing it. So when he looks at Brian, he automatically goes back to his military experience. Because once you find that commonality, it does not matter your race, your creed, your gender, et cetera, et cetera. The fact that you guys share a military background gives you something to talk about. And there's always like an automatic level of respect. So your default is zero. But if you're like a prior service person, you automatically get like 30%. Because after that, you kind of have to like judge their character. Oh, okay. And I liked how like, or that dude's like, he was with so-and-so and he's like, oh yeah, I was. Oh, you were to my left. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You were on, you were on my left you. at Culloden. You- Is it the same for people who've both been in prison? <laughs> Do you think they had that? <laughs> oh, were you in, uh, were you in county? <laughs> like, yeah, I was at Rikers Island. <laughs> I could tell by the way you walk. <laughs> oh, damn. I mean, like, you probably could. <laughs> But yeah, so I I just, it's like a whole subculture is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) 
So let's talk about this German family. Huh? Oh my God. Herr Müller. Frau Müller. <sighs> this... They were so sweet. and But man. Hey, random side note. I took German in elementary school. How many words do you remember? Oh. Uh, I can say about six phrases still. So you you retain about 50 words? Yeah, and I can count That's to 100. That's about average. It's like when you're a younger person and you learn a second language, you, you, if you don't have it all the time, you usually re retain about 50 words. I'm conversational hmm. in about five languages, but collectively, I probably know about a couple hundred words. If I'm around somebody that's speaking Bahasa or somebody that's speaking Tagalog, then I could probably pick it up after like a couple of minutes. Yeah. But... My French is garbage. My Spanish is pretty garbage. I wouldn't say garbage. I can understand it more than better than I can speak it. But yeah, my Same. Bengali is garbage. I could probably remember like four words. <laughs> but as soon as somebody starts talking, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I remember that phrase. Interesting. You got to talk to a five-year-old though. Because <laughs> then they know as many words as you do. <laughs> Vocabulary is on the same intellectual <laughs> level. More like a three-year-old Ivy. Well, I meant for <laughs> My me. My five-year-old knew more. <laughs> I'm talking about me. <laughs> like, I hope that five-year-old knows more than 50 words. <laughs> the Mueller's. I don't know how to say it. Mueller's. Mueller's. They're a bit crazy in my opinion. They were. Absolutely. Well, just but him. I will... Just the father. The wife? Mm, I don't know. I thought the women were super sweet. I don't know if it was just because they're the only Germans that we've seen, but they don't seem to have a big community, but they really kind of glommed on to Claire. And I thought it was pretty sweet how they named the baby after her. So I thought about that was really sweet. I'm going to get like a little serious for a second. Do it. Yep. I hate how sometimes a whole culture is demonized based on hmm. someone pushing a certain narrative. So when I was watching this scene, mm -hmm. I thought about my first time going to the Middle East and how in my mind, all I knew, I've never been to Central Asia. I've never been to mi the Middle East. So in my mind, I had this idea of what I was going to see when I got there. And like, I couldn't shake the default setting that I got from my saturation of images from the news. Because the first time I went was like in 2003. This is like two years after 9-11. So you can imagine the narrative that the news media was pushing during that time. So you already have like this mindset of what you're going to see when you get there. And there's cultural sensitivity and then there's like cultural ignorance, right? Like I can be sensitive to anybody's culture, but I would rather be culturally ignorant and somebody teach me so I can understand than just be sensitive based on what I think I know. Because like, sure. Yeah. So I look at these Mueller's and I feel sorry for them because the German migration to the United States, they were leaving some really bad times. People didn't just come three months across the water. Hopefully they survive the voyage and they don't get knocked into the ocean or get sick or starve to death. They don't make that choice lightly. Mm -hmm. So they were promised something when they came here. And the fact that they made it, I imagine that their convictions are strong. Like I deserve this. This is mine. No mm -hmm. one else is going to take this from me. And so when they have that altercation with the native Americans on the Creek, He's like, this is my water. Why do you have to come here? I could see the ignorance spewing out of him, but you can correct ignorance. You cannot correct just blatant like stupidity or neglect. Uh, you neglect to learn because you don't want to, but you can correct somebody's ignorant behavior. And I know that Claire was trying to diffuse the situation the best way she could, 
But I just felt bad because like in that moment, I thought about all the times that I had deployed to all these different countries with this default mindset that I got from somebody else's narrative. And it caused like biases and prejudices that were not even necessary because none of those things came into fruition. None of those things were true. Every stereotype is embedded in some truth, but when you turn it into a narrative mm-hmm. to, to further a cause and then you demonize a culture, you have what, what happened to this family. He thinks that they're trying to poison the water and then the family gets sick and it's all just a misunderstanding. That's all it is. Right. Somebody told him this though. It wasn't like, I don't think that family came over with the intent to be a bunch of assholes. Somebody came over and told him, yeah. if you come to Fraser's Ridge, this is your land and et cetera, et cetera. I don't think he had in his mindset to be nasty to these people. So when he got killed later on, I was like, that that kind of sucks, man. Even though what he did was absolutely unforgivable. Asinine. Unforgivable. But that is the domino effect of portraying these false narratives about these cultures to further some sort of political gain. Because in this case, Governor Tryon was trying to push the treaty line as far west as he possibly could. So he's given out 10, 15, 20,000 acres all willy nilly and not even understanding that you just caused a civil war or an international incident because you split the treaty line on some water. And we did that mm-hmm. overseas too. Like right. we, we realized our mistake just because we put a well here doesn't mean it's for everybody. We could have literally just put this well in a place that's going to cause some sort of conflict later, which it did. I mean, we saw it all over the news, but yeah, so I'm off my soapbox. That's all I got to say about the Mueller's. It's kind of like putting, you're putting native Americans, Scottish, British, and Germans together just in that one little episode. Mm-hmm. So think about all the different countries and all the different cultures that you're just combining. They don't even speak the same languages. Right. And so you're making this pool and like basically forcing people to get along, which that's not going to happen. No, it becomes survival of the fittest. And there's going to be lots of conflict. Yep. So, I mean, it's every man for his own. For Is, is it every man for his own? For himself. Every man for himself. Every man for himself. For himself. Right. Yeah. It is what it is. I just wish that people, aside from the hot sex and the beautiful characters in this show, they <laughs> these show writers and Diana particularly, she definitely has like, I wish people could see these undertones, not just that this is a shitty scene and all the things that happen afterwards are just shitty, but the undertones, it's like mm-hmm. these false narratives and these stereotypes can cause some real consequences. I mean, a whole fucking family died because of that. And then this old lady that had nothing to do with anything gets killed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that if you let someone else that may not have the same motives as you tell your story, this is how the narrative creates conflict. Because Governor Tryon gave this land to Jamie and Jamie's just trying to make a way for his family. I mean, he's respecting what he sees out there because he has the same type of background these Native Americans have. The English came onto Scottish soil and they started pitting boundaries up. And so he understands what it feels like to have somebody come on your land and and start saying that this shit is mine. So he respected those boundaries, but that's his narrative. That German dude had probably a total different reason for being there. Yep. So yeah, it was a pretty... I never thought of it that deeply. So first of all, kudos, because you've given me something to really think about. But what just occurred to me when you were wrapping up what you had been saying is... And here we are, almost 300 years later, and what was in the news this week? Somebody knocked on the wrong door and got shot for it. Somebody pulled in someone else's driveway. They didn't even get out of the car. They got fucking shot for it. 
What did Herr Muller do when the the Native Americans were across the creek? The first thing he did was grab his gun. Not threatening him in any way. Goes out to kill them. It, it seems to me like some people's, not, and not, not by any culture, just there are some humans of all cultures who will just jump to the conclusion yep. that like somebody else is there to take what belongs to them. Right. It's that default mindset. Yeah. It's a default mindset. And there's, it's impossible to predict with any high degree of certainty who that's going to be. I mean, you can stereotype things like you said. Some stereotypes are based in truth. But in this case, I'm not trying to say that in any way. I'm just saying, wow, 300 years later, we still have people still who problems. jump immediately to, I'm going to kill you if you try to take this water. Well, the water originates off of your land and it keeps going past the end of right. your land. And it's for, you know, right. it's unfortunate, but you're right, though. It's just, it's hard for me to rationalize or reconcile in my mind that now, 300 years later, like people are still concerned about those type of things. Like, oh, you were on my property. Okay, I was on your property, but there was a mistake made here. There's always a way to diffuse this situation. And I often say, like, when people pull guns, you've already made a choice. You've already made a choice. Because I'm going to tell you right now, yeah. in Herr Mueller's situation and any situation that we've seen on the news, the moment that someone draws a weapon, the choice of death is now an option. Mm -hmm. You've made that an option because you're telling me that escalating it to that type of deadly force, death is an option for you, at least. Because you have the weapon. And I think that like even with like these guys fighting over this creek, they were all willing to die. They all pulled out a weapon and Claire's like, hold up. It's just fucking water. Everybody just calm down. It's not that serious. Yeah. So, I mean, that happened. And then we go back to <laughs> Willem's Creek. And then. And Murtaugh is back, bitches. <laughs> Murtaugh is back. The first time you Silver guys Fox. saw this. Silver Fox, baby. The first time you guys saw this episode, did you recognize his voice before he turned around? No. Yes. I did. I did. I didn't. I was so fucking excited. I was jumping out of my chair. I'm like, but you know what? oh my I God, it's Murtaugh. So I would tell you, Murtaugh didn't say anything until Ian started speaking, right? So I saw him first. You saw the backside of him, but you really couldn't tell because of the mm -hmm. way he was standing. But I'm like, mm-mm. I recognize that ass. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that, I'm just kidding. Oh, that's Murtaugh, y'all. <laughs> recognize that ass anywhere. Then body parts, man. I'm telling Duncan that the next time I see him. Oh my him God, please do. At the gathering. Do. I love him so much. I don't care. Hey, you know how you've talked about how you've noticed Jamie's eyes, his pupils dilating? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, I paid attention to that in this. Yeah. Yeah, so when they re-meet, his pupils dilate so largely. I don't know how. Is that a Hollywoodism, or is he really doing that? I don't know. Because that is I an amazing know. thing to be able to do. I wonder if he... Somebody yeah. call and ask Sam if that's something... There has to be a way that he's able to... <laughs> I'm just saying. Let me call like, Ron Moore. I mean, I've got his number right here. No. Yeah, just ask <laughs> him. Like, did you guys fuck with the film or is this man able to do this for real? Because if he is, God, man. I'm going to yeah. tweet at Meryl Davis and Matt Roberts. Mm, 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 mm. These are things we need to know. 
So one. and I just I- about lost my mind when he was whistling the bu- boogie woogie bugle boy and walks Girl. up on yes. Claire. Oh man, I, I both burst reunion. into tears. I was so excited. Her face. I love that reunion. I will say, like, and I, I think I said it last episode too. This whole entire season is just full of reunions. I love it. They are. Well, that, no, that was season three. Was it? <laughs> well, you know, we go yeah. through these. No, you have JoJo. Yeah, we got Aunt JoJo. That was a reunion. Oh, all right, that's true. And then, I mean, even though it and happened then... within twelve hours, we got to see Bonnet twice. That was an unhappy reunion, Ugh. but it happened. Oh damn! I think yeah. <laughs> so there's been a couple of reunions in this this season. Well, the next episode, we've definitely got the major reunion. Well, not the major reunion. You're right. This season four is again full of reunions. It's full because, of Because, I mean, we're not getting to it, but next episode is Lord John and William. And then after that one is Brie. Yep. And, and holy shit. Then Roger. And... Yeah. And then Bonnet again. Wow. See? Oh. Reunions that everywhere. That's a lot. <laughs> Did you guys also notice how militant Murtaugh has become? Yes. Yeah. In 12 years. I don't know. And maybe somebody can like help me out. In the first season, I didn't feel like Murtaugh was as militant as Dougal was. Murtaugh was just like, I'm here to protect my best friend's son. That's exactly what I thought when you said that. He was always falling in line with what Jamie said in season one. It's like, oh, we're going to do this. Oh, all right, we'll do that. And even in season two. Even in season two when they were in France. Yeah, we're not, oh, we're not going to do that. We're just going to try to prevent this war by foiling Bonnie Prince Charlie. And Murta's like, well, I think we should kill him, but all right, I'll do what you say. Right. You're right. Yeah, he has, he has absolutely changed. It's like they've switched roles. And, and so now he's I'm thinking- like pushing back. Yeah. He's pushing yeah. back against Jamie big time. How long were they in Ardsmere together? How were they in Ardsmere together? How long were they in Ardsmere long. together? Oh, he, Jamie was there over two years there's a part where he's at Hellwater and he says to Isabel that he was under Lord John's charge for just over a year, but Jamie was at Ardsmere prior to Lord John becoming warden. Or- and then he hid in that cave for like seven years, right? He did hide in the cave for seven years. So, so we can assume that Murtaugh had been in jail for at least seven years when Jamie got there. Correct. And then they were there together for two years. They were there together for just over two years-ish before all the prisoners got transported. And then he got sent away. Yeah. So the timeline I'm trying to figure out. He said he was indentured for 12 years. So that would be 20 years though, right? Yeah. So, so that doesn't make sense. The reason why I say that is because Jamie- No, it does. It's- Hellwater. He'd been there for like six mm-hmm. years, right? Seven, because he's, he says in this episode, so Willie was fifteen years. If you get it all together, that's 15 years. No, where are you getting 15? Well, seven years that Murtaugh was in prison. Okay. Then two years he was in prison with Jamie, so that's nine years, right? Yeah. And then six years he was in Hellwater. So well, it has to be that- seven. I thought Willie was six when he left. Yeah, but Jamie was there for nine months before Willie was born. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Well, in the fucking show, it happened like a week later. <laughs> So let's say 16 years. Okay, so there's 16 years. Well, William did not grow in Geneva in a week. (laughs) Let's count that year. No, he just showed up. He's like, hey, dad. So 16 years. So 16 years. And then two years with But then Jamie left Hellwater. 
Yeah, so two years with Leary, so that's 18. Yeah, two years with Leary. And then two years okay. with Claire. Right now, it would be two years, right? Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out the 20 years. What in those 20 years turned Murtaugh into the person that he is right now? So I'm like, oh. what ha-? that's why I was trying <laughs> to figure out the math. Because he was never like this, you know? And he spent his time in a cooperage or whatever it was that he was doing. He spent like nine years in jail. I'm just trying to figure out when my boy turned into like the leader of the Black Panthers and shit. He got real militant. He wouldn't have had time. The, the guy that he worked for just recently died, right? And he and the widow sold him the smithy. So I don't know exactly what point that happened. I'm just curious. It just seems like he got indoctrinated pretty quick. <laughs> And we can't even ask Diana because, of course, in the books, I don't know, maybe working for a, maybe being indentured to an asshole for 12 years turned him militant. That could be it. It could happen. But now he's like the leader of the rebels, so. Regulators. Mount up. Mount up. (laughs) (laughs) There's a great t-shirt that actually has Murta's regulators. And it says something about something like mount up, just like young guns. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but anyway so i have a funny question oh what's your question so you know how people just walk in Herr mueller he just walks in the front door at claire and jamie's on fraser's ridge oh yeah if claire was so big about like convenience and bringing her corset with a zipper into the past why the hell did she not put a lock on their front door (laughs) <laughs> i mean yeah you're right i don't know <laughs> but you know that i is guess kind of weird she she's... sat by the fireplace with a long gun across her lap rather than prop something in front of the door yeah or just you can invent i mean like you literally drop. just make a lock you've made a corset with a zipper you've made what did she do she came up with her own way of doing an injection she made a shot oh, like with a snake Yes, with the tooth. Oh, she hadn't done that yet. So I know, but why can't you make a damn lock? Well, I mean, she has the knowledge. Yeah, she does have the knowledge. Like, come on. It's always interesting to me what Claire chooses to do and what she chooses not to do. Like the things that she does that are hard, we look back like, bitch, why are you being so simple? That is so easy. Why are you making your life hard right now? You know better. You know how to make this easier. And I know she doesn't want to expose herself, but ain't nobody around to know that you over here putting zippers on jeans. Come on. You taught everybody the bugle boy. (laughs) You were singing Beatles songs. Like, come on, it's fine. (laughs) But to sit there and let somebody do that to you. All right. I have another hate on Claire (laughs) comment. I'm going to leave my girl alone. Wait, before you're hate, before you're, wait, 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 wait. One sec. Okay. Okay. Somebody out there listening to this figure out when deadbolts became a thing when did locking your door start happening on a wide scale i will tell That's you all. i know this answer if if i may oh you do mm-hmm. it was right after leary busted in and caught jamie and claire fucking I think that's- <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that's when that invention came about <laughs> somebody's like you know what let me find a way to lock this fucking door <laughs> that's right hey the door on the ship had a bolt yeah hello i'm just saying all this happened after they got Uh busted so i might be on to something all right all right have y'all ever smelled burning flesh or burning hair i have yeah it smells like hot dogs 
fucking barbecue. Okay, why did she put the scalped pieces oh, in the fire? In the fire. In her fireplace oh, in the house. Damn. Can you not do that outside? Do wow. you know how bad that probably smelled? Girl, when I tell you that is That's some disgusting. nasty shit. I remember the first time I ever smelled burning flesh and I, I, I immediately thought of like grilled hot dogs. And I was like, one, I can never eat another hot dog again. But I know that would put me fair. off hot dogs forever. Yeah. And it's a smell that you can't, you will always be able to identify. Once you've ever smelled a decomposing body or flesh, I want to say body. And yes. once you've smelled a yes. burning body, those things will never, ever, ever betray you if you smell them again. You will know exactly what you're smelling. So I don't know how she was able to burn that shit in her house because that smell sticks around. Ugh. Oh, my God. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Whew. And I also had to look up um, a red face Cherokee mm-hmm. paint. Mm-hmm. When they show up at the house, it does resemble yeah. war. So I just thought that was cool. I went down this whole rabbit trail of looking up. Did you look up what the white paint meant when they first showed up? No, I only looked up black and red. You should look up what the white paint means. Do you know about white? They all mean something different. Yeah. I should. I'm not going to. So they should. do. So black and red yeah. is war. When we get further along and we talk about the five guys that went through to stop, I guess. The Montauk Five. Yeah. He talks about that. Yeah. So, but if you want to discover that beforehand there's a different there's different um colors for i totally forgot about it no that's a great idea yeah it's been a minute since i've watched so like we're at the end of this episode right and yeah we're with brie on craig nadoon and i will say that her transition into the stones was so anticlimactic i wish they hadn't even done it because both times claire's (laughs) ass went through it was some traumatic shit oh yeah (laughs) i was like Y'all didn't have her hear the bees or the buzzing. She didn't have a struggle with herself. She was just like, there she was, and now she's not. Poof. I'm like, y'all could have just left that shit out. <laughs> the end. <laughs> it's like a disappointing fart. We have- yeah, it's like, man, I thought that was going to be a hard one. We have notes, Sony. We have notes. <laughs> Tall Ship Productions. We will let you know. Yes. Send us some dailies, Okay. We'll talk you through season seven, make it better. We would love to help you. I'm going to do a whole remake. <laughs> this is how you should have done it. I'm just going to redo oh, the scenes. Lord. I'm just going to redo the scenes that I felt like they should have done better. <laughs> and I'm playing all the parts. <laughs> like the clumps. <laughs> Outlander, Ivy's cut. <laughs> this is uh, the editor's cut right here. All right, so we're going to move on to Boom. 406. We're going to pick up with episode 406 and drop it in a few days. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you all for listening. You can find us, follow and message us on Instagram at Outlander with Friends, and we love to hear from you. We're now available on all major podcast apps, and if you leave us a great rating, it helps more people find us. Listen next week for more TMI. Don't say we didn't warn you.